The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. This episode is sponsored by UnityVillage.org. Songwriter Karen Drucker returns to Unity Village with A Woman's Time Out Retreat, September 19th to 22nd. Learn more at UnityVillage.org forward slash events calendar. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Experience the difference. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms. Join in for spiritually enlightening discussion and the practical application of new thought principles. Here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell, and I am the Executive Minister, Senior Assistant Minister, and the Director of the Johnny Coleman Institute at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois, where Reverend Dr. Derry B. Wells is the Senior Minister, and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the founder. I mean, first of all, let me say Happy New Year, and I want to make sure that I do connect with all of you all on just from the standpoint of it being a new year, and hopefully, if you have a new mind, you can have some new experiences. As I was, and I'm not going to drill down into this right now because I have a guest, but I do want to make sure that you know that the calendar doesn't determine your experiences. And you have to make sure that you are aware that consciousness transformation is where it's at. So today, my guest is a good friend. Uh, I consider um, one of my spiritual sisters and a person who I I just love the daylights out of her. So before I uh, go any further, uh, I'm going to allow her to introduce herself and her work. But I just want to just say just how much I appreciate her as a, as a human being on this planet, uh, the Reverend Lola Wright. How you doing there? Hey, Reverend, Reverend Galen. I'm so, I'm so happy to be here. I'm so excited to start this new year with you. Um, we became close friends when I was leading Bodhi Center in Chicago And in February of 2020, I announced my departure from that community, of course, not at all anticipating that we were entering into a global pandemic. And it has been a ride. It has been a ride of peaks and valleys. And I'm deeply, deeply grateful for my personal practice throughout the last two years. I'm now leading an online membership community called Our Circle, which is incredibly inspiring, deeply intimate, incredibly transformational, and honestly, like a huge surprise, probably one of the more potent experiences I've created in my career. And um, just happy to be here with you. Well, I'm definitely happy to be here with you. So let me just say right off the top, you know, you have a voice when it comes to uh, talking and teaching and getting to the, I would say the crux of the matter getting into the, mm-hmm. into the, well, you know, you, if you're doing gardening, where well, you get dirt underneath your nails. I mean, you get to the <laughs> root 
causes of situations and issues. And now that people are going are going into a new year and they're looking at their lives and saying, okay, what do I need to do to turn my life around? What are the steps that I need to take to achieve transformation? What are some of the things that you would teach a person to help them turn their life around and point in the direction of their own spiritual wholeness? Well, my membership community, the two things we're focused on for the month of January are affirmation and imagination. And so that's, for me, like a real baseline practice. To live a life of affirmation is to see everything as being for you. And that's like pretty central to the philosophy that you and I share, which is the notion that there is no oppositional force, that any sense of opposition that we are perceiving is of our own uh, making that we really do have this incredible capacity to, I, I mean, I love your appreciation for martial arts because it is so the essence of martial arts to actually have energy coming toward you and not see it as being against you, but seeing it as a neutral presence that you can guide and direct and um, channel into, into the, the means that you choose. So for right. me, um, you know, affirmation, just seeing life as being for me, and then imagination. I mean, I think you're probably the person that really turned me on to Neville Goddard and um, this notion that your imagination, our imagination, is a divine gift. It is mm -hmm. this superpower that we each possess and that it is um, the opportunity to go beyond what we can see to go beyond the present circumstances and conditions, to get carried away, as I like to say, and then to ground that in reality, right? So it's like to affirm and to imagine, to go really big, really broad, and then be sober. Now, how do I, how do I operationalize this? How action? The sort of, of the big, broad, visionary capacity that lives in the human experience, and then to bring it back and go, okay, now what's step one? What's step two? What's step three? That's, that's how I like to play. Okay. So when um, I talk to people in the New Thought Movement all over the place, you know, I'm, I'm rather friendly. <laughs> and <laughs> one of the conversations that has come up in the New Thought, consciousness transformation, metaphysical movement is people are trying to find a balance between um, the absolute uh, principles and how they are experiencing them in, a, in their relative experience. In other words, you know, all of these promises of spiritual wholeness, uh, peace of mind, health and prosperity, and then there's my experience. Um, how do you help people bridge the gap between the teaching and the experience? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the ways that human beings, we can distract ourselves is by conceptualizing these principles. And what I mean by that is, like, we want to see a change in the world, in, like, the larger human experience. We want the world to be different than it is. But if we're really being honest with ourselves, we're not necessarily applying those changes at the personal level. So we'll distract ourselves by worrying about a global issue 
when we really don't even know how to bring that to life within our own four walls, if you will. So for me, it's like what, you know, I love drawing the distinction between the truth, the stories and the facts. So we mm-hmm. can do that with anything that's going on in the human experience right now. There are facts, things that can be caught on camera that are unarguable. Those are always the outpicturing of a realm of stories, beliefs, memories, opinions that we're amplifying, that we're, that we're um, animating, right? But in back of all that is the truth. And as you and I know, like, the presence of peace is always available. The presence of love is always available. Abundance is not something you can have. It is your name. It is your nature. Now, our work in this dimension of reality, in the human experience, on this earth plane, in this earth school, is to realize that, is to actualize that. So if peace is my name and my nature, and I'm experiencing an absence of peace in my reality, and I understand at least intellectually that I'm co-creating this experience, then I got to look at like, so what's my part? You know, in in the Mm 12-step program, they talk a lot about keep your side of the street clean. And I love that idea because it's so easy to get caught up in other people's business. And we so, um, we so prefer that because it's much easier to look at what other people could be doing better or differently. But there's something very potent about getting honest enough with ourselves to go, what, what do I need to shift and change where I am? And that's really my hope for 2022 for people is like the, the drama of the world in some ways is in a very heightened state right now. You know, I mean, like if you just look at all of the seduction of separation, all the ways that we perceive threat and enemy and fear, it's really rich soil for us to be honest with ourselves. How does that live in me? And what am I fertilizing? What am I feeding? What am I nurturing? And, and, and where do we want to go now? Because 2022, I really believe is going to be like a catalyzing year in the human experience. It, it, we're two years in on this global pandemic. If we haven't been asking ourselves what's up to be reconsidered, what's up to be reimagined, like we are just really addicted to holding on to the past. That, to me, that's the great metaphor of this whole thing. Everything is up for recreation. That's that's a great way of looking at it, because, you know, even in the traditional Judeo-Christian religions, they'll say things like, behold, I make all things new. Now, do you believe that all things can be made new? It's it's an interesting Mm -hmm. conversation because, you know, I've been telling folks in the New Thought Movement in particular, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Yes, we're seeing situations and circumstances uh, that the world is going through as a collective. And there's a difference between collective consciousness and individual consciousness. Yes, you might not be able to shift the world, but can you Mm -hmm. shift you? Mm -hmm. Can you determine what you want to focus on, what you're giving your attention and intention to? You know, I'm a big believer, you know, and, and what Reverend Ike used to say when he should he say, <laughs> you must be definite with the infinite because eventually mm-hmm. you have to take responsibility for what's showing up in your own life. 
And I think that that's one of the challenges that people like you and I, when we're going out and we're speaking to people, there are people who want to own that. And then there are people who want to fight against it. The problem or the challenge or the growth opportunity in accepting personal responsibility is if I own it, that I can make my life better, then I have to own that I that I that I was caused in creating some things that I didn't like. And that's okay right. too. There's no judgment against it. You know, because you know, you know, one of the things that I don't know if you've heard it. I'm pretty sure we probably had this conversation that in our circle, uh, victim, the, the word victim blaming shows up a lot. And I said, there's a difference between victim blaming and responsibility and <laughs> don't collapse it into be, being yeah. the same thing because it's not. Do you want to yeah, speak I a little bit that. on that? The difference between the victim yeah. blaming and responsibility? I love that conversation. It is the way that the mind tries to avoid. And it's important to understand that, like, look, we've all been a victim of circumstance. Something has happened to all of us, some more than others, that we would not wish or want for any other person. And we each then have the opportunity to choose who we're going to be in response to that. So I think that like it's the, the distinction is, have people been victimized? Absolutely. Have terrible, atrocious, you know, acts of violence occurred in the human experience? 100%. And we each have to then determine how we're going to be with it. Like there are things that have happened in my life I would not want for anybody you know, like real experiences of violence. And I now have the capacity to look at those experiences and go, wow, I can see, number one, the incredible gifts that I extracted from those experiences. I, I was committed to not having those experiences be the final word on my life. I used them as fodder for my own growth, my evolution. They've given me incredible compassion for people who are going through similar circumstances and conditions. I can look at my quote unquote perpetrator and go, that person makes perfect sense to me, how they got to be as they are given their life experience makes perfect sense. So, you know, I think it's like we, we have to evolve beyond these, um, these, like defense mechanisms that just oversimplify things. It's like nobody in this school of thought, or I mean, um, let me let me actually back that up. There are people in this school of thought that are that are suggesting that um, you know that that like people have created all of their all of their. I, I don't even want to get into all that. It's, it's yeah, complicated. Well, well, uh, well <laughs> I explain it this way, uh, Lola. For me, it's. I tell people, if you drive past a parking lot and it's paved, if you come back three or four years later, you might see weeds and debris on that parking lot. What happened? I said the issue wasn't that the parking lot wanted weeds. Life blew weeds and debris. And Mm. it takes a lot of maintenance to keep a lot clean, just like Mm. the mine. Mm-hmm. Just being a part of the collective human consciousness 
will create situations and circumstances that we sometimes experience, not because we thought it up as much as at a very unconscious level, we are also in a, in tune with every other mind on the planet. And if we're not necessarily doing the maintenance, a lot of maintenance, we can end up having what I call general experiences <laughs> that are consistent with the belief system that's accepted. It has nothing to do with, oh, I wanted to be robbed on uh, on the met at the metro train, or you know, or mm. I wanted somebody to you know set my house on fire. Those things, you know, I think that's when we get to the level of being ridiculous. What we do have to say is, what can I do in my consciousness as much as I possibly can to live above the 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 thought vibration of the majority? Now that's work. Yeah, and you know, it makes sense to me why people prefer numbing. It makes sense yeah. to me why why in the short term people prefer opting out of personal responsibility. In the short term, it looks like the easier path to take. It is in the short term easier to blame for where we each are. It's easier to theorize, um, and this is actually an invitation into more practical application. So for me, it's like, again, I could provide a laundry list of things that have occurred in my life that I wish were other than they were or had gone a different way. But more deeply than that, I trust that there is a divine order that is unfolding in my lived experience. And if I, you know, I oftentimes say, loose knees and move your hips. And I think about all the years that I played volleyball. And it was like, you're, you're standing on the court. You're ready for the ball to come your way. If your knees are locked and your hips are tight, you're not going to be able to deal with anything that's coming your way. But, you know, if I can be open, available, receptive, I just, I don't know. There's part of me that wants to be like, look, everybody's had circumstances and conditions happen in their life. Now we each have to, we each have to say, how do I want to be? And then I would also say, stay out of other people's business. Like it's not mm -hmm. ours to determine, well, why did they have that happen? Why did they have that? That's their soul's journey. That's for yeah. them to get curious around. And it's also really easy to theoretically look at a major social issue, a major global issue, and be the smartest person on it and never have once dealt with it. Like anybody can be an expert on something they've never had to experience. Like I oftentimes think, you know, when you've had four kids, worked multiple jobs, and navigated my lived experience, come and be an authority on my life. Until then, stay in your own lane be an expert on your life. And if I want to learn something that you're dealing with, I'll come and talk to you about it. But don't talk to me about what it, it, it is like to live in my shoes. Have compassion, have grace, have curiosity. And, you know, does that make sense? No, no, it, it makes total sense. You know, I was just, just telling a relative the other day, um, you know, we were just talking about just lived experience and you know, my parents divorced when I was one years old. I have no memories of my parents being married, obviously. And, you know, and, you know, just the the divorce kid experience and them having their own experiences. And I just said to um, to one of my relatives, they were the perfect parents for me. 
even yeah. in the even in the hiccups, even yeah. in the midst of whatever, because it it created uh, a sense of of strength and independence, and I got to make it, and I got to do what I got to do that needed that needed to happen. It was what my soul needed. I'm not saying that children should go through that, but just like yeah. I tell people that me almost dying from an asthma attack in 1993 was literally the best thing that ever happened to me because it woke me up. I had to say, either I'm going to get this spiritual information or I'm going to be basically, I don't want to, there's no other way to say, living one breath away potentially from moving on to a new experience just because, just because. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The asthma was so severe instead mm-hmm. of, okay, I can discover that I have a spiritual wholeness in me. And yeah. since that initial experience, I've never had another attack. That's, mm-hmm. that was because I got curious as you would you use your term about what these people were saying. And mm-hmm. so when I hear people say, oh, okay, you can't do this and you have to, you, you have to just function in fear. I'm like, no, you really don't. Cause I can remember being, a 20-year-old young man who barely knew anything about life in a hospital <laughs> and with with two books in my hand and my mama pacing in the in the in the hospital room and I remember saying mom quarter these books I don't have to have this if I don't want to and mm-hmm. she just looked at me but that began my journey and I think what you're saying is yeah. get curious about your own journey what is yeah. it that's showing up that that is telling you if you deal with me, breakthrough is on the other side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anyway. I mean, I think that one. I think one of the one of the challenges of the human experience right now, and sort of the the shifts and changes in culture. I think it's both a challenge and just a gigantic opportunity. Is that we have gotten so mired in like the literal, we're so bogged down by this dimension of reality in the human experience. You know, like back in the day, there were mystery schools. You know, I think that's why people love like Harry Potter and stuff like that. It's like the mystery, the magic, like to actually know that you have capacity beyond what you've been taught or fed about this finite reality. So it's like we could look at at this pandemic, at COVID, and we can go, what is the gift? What is the learning? What is the invitation for humanity and the species to evolve? You know, and, and I, I just think it's so, it's too tempting to get caught up in, well, are you vaccinated or unvaccinated? Are you masked or unmasked? And by the way, I have like very clear perspectives on those things that I'm very comfortable sharing. But if that's if we get stuck in our righteousness, in our fixed, finite worldview, we're missing the much greater opportunity. Everything that has occurred in every one of our lives is an opportunity for our awareness, our growth, our expansion, our evolution, if we choose to engage with it from that place. That's, that's an enlightened point of view. Um, uh, about a month ago, I, I was interviewing, I don't know if you know uh, Mary O'Malley in the midst of your circle. She's a writer. And uh, she mm. wrote a book called What's in the Way is the Way. And I love that mm. term. That's cool. Just by itself. What's in the way is the way. 
So as a as a as a human race, something is in our quote unquote way, and that's the way. Yeah. It's the way to our transformation. Yeah. Um, people are looking at more month than money, but what's in the way is the yeah. way. People are dealing with yeah. the relationship problem, but what's in the way is the way. And looking at yeah. it from that standpoint allows us the opportunity for breakthroughs, for growth, and for transformation. And I think that looking at what the world calls problems as opportunities is a mental shift that if you mm -hmm. have to give yourself a story, give yourself a story that empowers you, not disempowers totally. you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Totally. Like, if I get to tell myself this is what it means, then why am I disempowering myself? Totally. I mean, that's the thing. Like we're, we are storytellers by nature. It's our creative capacity. So you're, you're, you and I are living inside of a network of storytelling. And if we are not interrogating the stories that we've been writing and reading and asking if they work for us, then we are doing ourselves a disservice. Like we're not, the point is not to stop writing stories. That's what we're here to do. We write stories. We live inside of stories. We create stories. That's the power of imagination. But the question is, are the stories working for you? And if they're not, then you are the only one who can rewrite that script. Right, right. I, I love that. We're about a two, two minutes or a minute and a half or something like that away from the break. So I do want to, uh, first of all, give you an opportunity to tell people how can they get in contact with you? Yeah, so I have this beautiful membership community called Our Circle. You can find out about it by visiting my website, lolawright.com. I also send out daily voice memos via text message, that there are now hundreds of people receiving these daily voice memos via text message. Text me at 773-923-0358 and just write, I'm in. If you want a daily dose of truth, to keep you in a direction that affirms your existence, text me. And I, I, my goal in 2022 is to get a thousand people committed to being on a 59 second loop with me each morning to affirm the good that is their name and their nature. And I'd love to have your community of people join me in that. Yeah, so check it out. You know, if a person is, um, obviously outside of the United States, that process wouldn't work with it. Cause I do have listeners outside the United States. Yeah. Right now the technology is designed for people in the United States and Canada. And I'm working to, to see how we can shift that. We have sort of a workaround. So if you're outside of the United States and you want to be part of the workaround, we have like a little hack that we're doing. So um, you can email support at lolawright.com and we can get you squared away. Beautiful, beautiful. We should be running up really close to our uh, break. So I do want to just remind people, uh, yeah, that's the 15-second break, that we'll be right back. When we come back, we'll open the floor up, 816-251-3555, 816-251-3555. you want to ask the Reverend Lola Wright any questions, we'll be right back with True Transforms. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? 
Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. We're glad you found us. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Truth Transforms with your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. I have as my guest today, the Reverend Lola Wright, who is a minister, a transformational coach, all around great human being, mother, wife, spiritual leader, uh, thought leader, all of the above, and then some. So um, if you want to call in and ask her a question about whatever you want to ask her about, but it's specifically about how to you know, live a better life, how to get your breakthroughs, how to get your transformation, how to discover your spiritual wholeness, call in to 816-251-3555. Uh, Lola, it looks, Reverend Lola, it looks like we have a a, a caller. Oh. All right, let's bring this person on. Okay, Stan, are you there? Yes, I am. Hi, Stan, how you doing? Do you have a, uh, a question for Reverend Lola? Yes. So before the break, before the break, she was talking about how she had been through uh, some really terrible things in her life. And then she was able to understand the perpetrator of those things. So my question is, do you have to understand that person in order to forgive them? And I'm assuming that, you know, understanding, forgiving them is the thing that leads you to your breakthrough and your transformation. So is it necessary to understand the perpetrator in order to be able to experience that uh, transformation? Dan, do I know you? Uh, n- no, I don't. I've never met you. Oh, okay. Your voice sounds very familiar to me. So, um, thank you for being here, and thank you for asking the question. So. I, I think, you know, for me, first and foremost, I, I have just had to do the work in myself. You know, Byron Katie says there's, there's your business, there's my business, and there's God's business or the business of the universe. So for me, it's like I have to get out of that other person's business and get more committed and curious to my own freedom. So for me, the practice of forgiveness is the quickest, fastest route to freedom. So first and foremost, I just stay within myself. And then as I become free of the hijacking of my consciousness that I believe blame and criticism is, as I become free of that, I become more available to love and compassion and understanding for someone else's lived experience. Is that helpful? Yeah, that is. Um, one, One more thing. Is it, are you saying that you can find love in yourself for the perpetrator of something against you? I mean, I think, you know, let me, I want to say, I want to, I don't want to answer that, 
theoretically, I want to answer that like very actually. So can't have I found love within my own being for someone that has perpetrated violence against me? Is that your question? Yes. And for me, the answer to that is yes. I had a very violent relationship with my older children's father. There were all kinds of things involved in that, like orders of protection and, and that sort of thing. And I really, I have so much love and appreciation for him. We went through such a practice of forgiveness for one another. I can see the ways that I co-created the drama between us. I can see how he got to be as he is, how I got to be as I am, or how we both were. And, you know, if you had looked at just the facts of that storyline, we should never be able to be in the same room uh, together today. And he and I have, he's lived with my now husband and I on three separate occasions. That was never going to happen if I hadn't opened myself up to the power and practice of love, combat, compassion, forgiveness. And to me, it's like been a very, very deep practice to understand what oneness or unity actually is in practice. It's very easy for people to spout it out theoretically. But for me, it's like if it's not actually a – and by the way, there are plenty of people for whom I have had – disagreement, dissonance, dis-ease that I do not choose to have back in my world. So I'm not suggesting that that's the measure of, of arrival or success. But for me, it is at, there's nothing that has happened to me. There is nothing that I have done that is beyond the point of resolution or forgiveness. Okay, amazing. Thank you. I appreciate it. And uh, you guys are doing a fabulous job. Thanks. Thanks, Thanks Dan. For Thanks us. for the call. Yeah, so um, this is what you just t touched on something that I think is so important around the the concept of forgiveness. Um, just from my hearing, a couple of uh, things that you or principles that you just mentioned, I don't want to call them principles. I would say that, that they are maybe distinctions as you use the term. One was that forgiveness mm -hmm. does not mean reconciliation. Did I hear that correctly? Because mm -hmm. that's what, how, what, what I would say. I don't think it has to. It has right. to get reconciled in my body, in my right. being, in my soul. Like the way I like to live is I want to be able to walk down the street and run into anybody and not feel like, <gasps> I got to run. Yeah. Either, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want that in my central nervous system, and I don't want that in my soul. Yes, yes. The other thing uh, was three things. One one was you said that you think that forgiveness is uh, the quickest way to your wholeness or spiritual growth. I normally say that forgiveness is the shortcut to spirituality. This, mm. But I think it's saying the same thing, that mm -hmm. if you want to elevate quickly release some stuff would that be yeah. accurate <laughs> totally i mean yeah. i don't think i don't think people have any idea how bogged down they actually are by low grade resentment like judgments and criticisms that are just sitting taking up psychic 
space. It's like a slow leak. It's like, you know, imagine, like I live in a 112 year old house and our windows are not that great. We have storm windows. There's a particular spot in my living room where we reliably leak energy. And it's like, that's how a resentment is in your life. It's like, that's energy that you could be allocating toward the creation of something that inspires you, that lights you up, that serves as a contribution to humanity. And instead, you're just allowing a low-grade or maybe significant resentment to live in your own body. I mean, I believe that is the, that is the source of dis-ease in the body temple. Like, your body is literally just an outpicturing of your mental, emotional state. I mean, science substantiates that, you know? Mm-hmm. And again, back to your earlier conversation, I don't say that as an opportunity to now blame ourselves if we're experiencing a physical condition. But I do believe that, like, things don't just happen by accident or coincidence. This is a highly organized universe. So if we're not taking responsibility for the impact of resentment, blame, judgment, and criticism in our own body and being, don't be sad when your back hurts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, um, one of the people I would have loved for you to meet one, was one of my spiritual mothers. Um, or her her name is and was. She's now so moved on beyond that name. Uh, the Reverend Christina Knox Walthall, and she would say to me often that she was the head of our prayer ministry and pastoral care for many years at Christ Universal Temple, and she would say that um, that the, our thoughts and feelings and resentments and things of that nature take hold of our organs and parts yeah. of our bodies. And she said, she used to say, when you can't, uh, when you refuse to let it go, you have to go see the doctor so the doctor can cut it out. Yes. Yes. And it was was like, I remember when she first said that to me and I was like, whoa, it's going to be dealt with one way or another. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I had a very powerful model of this when I was growing up. My grandfather was diagnosed with inoperable prostate cancer and told that he had six weeks to live. He had a three and a half foot tumor that was wrapped throughout his internal organs. And he decided to not go the most aggressive route to dealing with it. He decided to take it on as an opportunity to examine his internal state. So he did a very modified protocol from his doctor, and then he engaged in deep spiritual work. And one of the things that he did was befriend the tumor. And he really got through his own spiritual practice that the tumor was the literal manifestation of him running from himself his entire life. And he was brought back to a very, very early memory of him being four years old, walking down to a creek in rural Ohio and watching his two-year-old sister drown in a in a country creek and get carried away and he he really for him how he understood that tumor in his body was it was all the unprocessed grief self-hatred criticism all the undealt with family trauma that got stored and locked and calcified in his body that he then spent the next 65 years running from So, you know, I I don't know what's true for each of us when we're dealing with something in our physical body, 
But I know for me personally that there's always an opportunity to look beyond the obvious and go, what is this here trying to tell me? What is this an invitation into more deeply? Yeah, yeah. I can remember telling my dad um, many years ago, uh, I have I have a, a I have an aggressive personality, but it's calmer than he is. <laughs> I admit that I have an aggressive personality, uh, but I, not aggressive meaning trying to impose on people. But I have strong decisions, mm-hmm. I have strong beliefs, and I'm not afraid to share them. And mm-hmm. but he's just aggressive. <laughs> but I, and I often have to tell him, like you know, Dad, you know, you're not in a fight. Because he was uh-huh. raised in the projects of of, of Chicago as the oldest mm. uh, sibling of six kids, mm. and he had to. It was his job. My grandparents told him, "It's your job to protect your siblings at all costs." He had to fight mm-hmm. all of their fights, mm-hmm. and that mentality of somebody was messing with your brother, go get him, go beat him up, mm. beat the older brother up, beat their daddy up if you have to. And this was a daily experience. It -hmm. creates a consciousness to where you're always defensive. Yeah. Well, not just a consciousness, but actually a physical body. Yeah. Yes. Like literally, like it's okay that nothing is happening. You know, and he just laughs at me. I'm like, it's okay that nothing is happening. Because when you get to the space to where um, if something is a breakdown, I got to go deal with it now. And I got to, you know, yeah. whatever needs to happen, it's got to go away now. And some things yeah. like require nuance, you know, yeah. you know, so, you know, and I'm not, you know, throwing shade at him. I love my dad, but, you know, but I remember telling him on multiple occasions, if you don't unpack a suitcase that you can't put the clothes back in. And that was my metaphor mm-hmm. of if you're trying to address an issue and you don't have the skill set to properly handle it, you can make things worse. Because he was just used to being the bull in the china shop because that's what my grandparents taught him to do. And I think that these are part of the challenges and conversations that we have to have. Why do I react the way I react? Mm-hmm. Why am I doing the things that I do? Uh, why do I see life the way that I, that I see it? Why am I holding on to the things that I'm holding on? And if we take the time, we will actually discover that their beliefs there are things we accepted, their perceptions, their point of views that are driving everything we do. And we don't realize it. Uh, if, if you want to jump into that, please, please do. Yeah, I mean, I think the other thing that comes up for me as I hear you speak on that is, you know, I also notice my whole body just soften when I think about your dad. It's like yeah. if I don't get in your dad's world, I could experience in him and just be like, geez, what a jerk. You know, what's his problem? Why, why has he always got to be, you know, up for a fight or whatever? But when I, when I actually go beyond that and I'm like, wow, can you imagine what it would have been like to be the oldest of six kids and to be responsible for everybody's, like, you know, personal sense of safety? And, like, he had to armor up at a young age. And when I can understand that, I can experience just a tremendous amount of compassion, you know, and and then I I can interact with him differently. Everybody got to be the way that they are, you know, like pretty, like it, it lines up usually. Yeah, 
Yeah, it, it, it's it's amazing to me how decisions you make early can affect things that you do later without realizing yeah. it. And um, and and depending on this was really tripped out to me, uh, Reverend Lola is a strength can turn into a weakness when it's too intense. Let me give an example. Yeah. You know, uh, I'm a do-it-yourself kind of guy. And I've been used to being responsible and handling what I need to handle. When that volume is turned up too high, then I'm looking to do everything myself instead of, instead of asking for help when it's necessary. Mm-hmm. And you mm-hmm. so because I'm mindful that I can be a do-it-yourself kind of guy. Hey, I handle my own business. I handle my own responsibilities, which I honor, and I'm glad I have the capability of doing. But that does not mean don't get help when you need it, because strong people yes. ask for help. Yes. Yes. Yeah, we, we, we're made up of patterns, and our patterns are informed by our family of origin, our community at large, and that's not just in this time and space, but generationally. And if we don't bring increased awareness to the habituated thought patterns, behavioral patterns, family agreements, cultural agreements, we just go on autopilot. So I love hearing that awareness. Like, wow, I know that I can be overly dependent on myself. I know that I'm so capable and so competent, and sometimes I rob myself of the gift of asking for help. I very much identify with that. And that's yeah. been a, a big practice for me, too. It's like, hey, you know what? Good for you that you, you know, figured out at 18 how to be a mom and do all the things, and you're incredibly competent and capable and confident and all that kind of stuff. And, like, what if it could be gentler? What if it could be more easeful? What if you could experience support? What if you didn't have to be so scrappy? What could that look like? Yes, yes. And just understanding what that shift in consciousness can create for you. Um, One of the stories that um, I never actually taught at Bodhi, um, you know, I have all these Johnny Coleman stories. (laughs) And and so... uh, her former um, comptroller, Walter Robinson, who was her money and business guy for the church for decades. He, one day he, um, he he was just talking to me in his office and he said, he said, when I first started working at the church, we had to go out of town. And it was a short trip like St. Louis, a 45 minute flight. Was, he said, I had to go to the music director, the, the uh, executive minister at the time, Reverend Carey and Reverend Coleman. So he gets the plane tickets. He bring, goes in the Reverend Coleman's office and he says, hey, I got the plane tickets for us to go. And she says, Walter, these tickets aren't first class. And he said, well, <laughs> well, he said, well Reverend Coleman, it's only a 45-minute flight. And she said, Walter, it's not where you sit. It's where you think. <laughs> <laughs> now, that story has nothing to do with first class tickets. Mm-hmm. What it, as I interpret it, and he was sharing me the story is, you have to you have to make up in your own mind. As I said earlier, make up your own story that empowers you. The story yeah. that empowered her was, everything in my experience is first class. Mm-hmm. 
I live first class. I my money's first class. My health is first class. My relationships are first class. If I go out of town, I'm staying in a place that's first class. If I'm on a plane, I'm first class. If I'm driving, I'm first class. That was her consciousness. Mm-hmm. Now, somebody mm-hmm. else might want something else because people will hear that story mm-hmm. and say, "I'm never flying uh, coach again." That's not the when I'm. That's not why I share that story. I'm sharing yeah. it in the context of what you're sharing. Like, okay, what are you doing to become curious about how to make things easier for you? Yeah. Well, and she decided. It's her life. Go ahead. Excuse me. And it's her life. She gets to say, you know what I mean? And that's true for each of us. And it's like, if we're not each consciously creating that which we desire, then we are unconsciously creating based on someone else's beliefs, assumptions, et cetera. So it's like, what I appreciate about, like, like, I'm like, I I, I actually heard heard you share that story before. And I've oftentimes sat with it, like, Oh, you know, what's true for me around that? You know, like, is it, you know, and, and I have a different relationship to it and one is not better or worse, but I right. like chewing on it. I like that story because it, 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 it does sort of push some buttons. Right. And, mm-hmm. and the thing is that we each get to say it's like, it's, and it's ironic. Last night I was looking at online, like I want to take my kids somewhere warm for spring break. And, you know, there's a way that my husband and I like to travel and, it, it multiplies when you have four kids. Like the numbers change quite considerably when it's six people versus two people. And I was yeah. having my own experience last night of like, yeah, I'm just unwilling to do this trip in a way other than actually prioritizes some of these values that are important to me. You know, and it's like, I don't call me entitled, call me a princess, call me whatever you want, but it's my life. I get to say. And mm. you do too. Yes, yes. And I, I love that. It's my life. And I think that that's the thing that sometimes people have been um, suckered. I'm going to use the word suckered. Suckered into believing that they don't have the right to prioritize their own happiness yeah. and their own yeah. fulfillment and satisfaction. And for me, happiness, satisfaction, and fulfillment speak to a deeper level of the soul. Okay, I could do a lot of outer surface stuff that might not give me fulfillment, satisfaction, mm-hmm. and happiness. But I need to discover what those things are. So I can do mm-hmm. the things, as I was mentioning to you on the break, me doing these martial arts and leveling up now at the gym that I am, sparring with and wrestling and doing jujitsu with these 20-year-olds. But I love mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. So that gives me satisfaction fulfillment and happiness. Somebody else would just say, man, why are you trying to hang out and, 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 and spar with these young bucks? What difference does mm-hmm. do it make? It makes a difference because it's my life. Right. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like we're so in everybody else's business about what they think they, what we think they should be or do. And it's like, stay in your lane. You know, yeah. stop worrying about what other people should or shouldn't be doing. Worry about what you should or shouldn't be doing for you and the desires of your soul. Yes, yes, absolutely. And when we seek the fulfillment of our own soul, not at the not at the cost of anybody else's happiness of you know, I'm you know, because sometimes people hear metaphysics and unfortunately because they don't have a consciousness of love, they think that it means uh, imposing, and it doesn't yeah. mean imposing on other people's lives. It means you have authority and dominion over your own life, not somebody yeah. else's. 
and it's a, yeah. there's a big difference. Now, because we only have a, a couple of minutes left, I do want to just let the audience know that Reverend Lola will be back on January 26th. We're going to drill down on this because we have just a good time talking. This is, these are the type <laughs> of conversations we have when we just talk in general. So you're just getting a, a peek into uh, the experience of, of Galen and Lola. This is just how we roll. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you know, yeah, so, we don't really talk about the weather so much. That's not really no, our vibe. The, the weather is, 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 is not a conversation for, for people who want to help people get their breakthroughs. And I think that that's the, the real conversation. I, I honor your commitment to the transformation of human consciousness. Mm. And I think that that's a part of, of the calling, you know, uh, mm. for those who believe that, you know, their souls that show up, that say yes to being a part of helping other people get the transformation, to help other people discover their own spiritual wholeness. I believe that there's a calling on that. I don't know what it is. I don't have to have all the answers. My job was to say yes. Mm. And in my yes, everything else came along with it. Now, I still had to work. Yeah, and I, still had to work. Go ahead. Yeah, I just want to acknowledge you also. Like, I know the, the years, the decades of devotion you put into your own practice. It's like you don't hold the space that you hold in your own life and your own family and your own community on this planet from an undisciplined approach to your practice. I know that it has, it has been with a lot of commitment, and I have been the beneficiary of your commitment and your devotion to your practice, as have thousands of other people. So I just, I'm very grateful to know you. I'm very grateful to have you in my camp. And yeah, I just, I thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you. So we have about 30 seconds left before the show ends again. Reverend Lola will be back with us on the 26th. So make sure you tune in. Reverend Lola, could you quickly give them your website and the number again for their, uh, the text messages that you send out daily? Yeah. LolaWright.com. Anything you need and want, find there. Text me 773-923-0358. If you want to receive daily voice memos through text messaging to remind you of the truth of who you are. Thank you all. Thank you, Reverend Lola. We'll be with you next week with Truth Transforms. God bless. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. If you're inspired by the teachings of Dr. Wayne Dyer, you will love the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast with Nadia Dela Cruz. You are a spiritual being having a human experience. My name is Nadia Dela Cruz, and I started the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast to explore spiritual topics like manifestation and meditation with guests who share their own stories of insight, awakening, and transformation. Listen now on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.